What's up, Bandive crew? James here. And before we jump into this episode, I wanted to ask you a question. Have you ever wished there was a way to connect with me as well as other listeners in real time? I have the solution. I finally got around to making a Bandive Discord server, which is people have been asking me for years and I just wasn't listening. I wish I had done this sooner because I couldn't be happier with the results. It's been fantastic. And we would love to see you join us. We have discussions about the music business, gear, the podcast, and a general channel as well. You can join the discussion now by visiting bandhive.rocks slash discord. Again, that is bandhive.rocks slash discord. Welcome to episode 20 of the Bandhive podcast. You're listening to the Bandhive podcast, the number one online resource for DIY bands to learn about the music business and touring. If you want to turn your band into a lean, mean touring machine, you're in the right place. Now, let's get this show on the road. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Hose of Alive in Barcelona. How are you doing today, Matt? I am doing stellar, James. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. I'm glad to hear you're having a stellar day. And uh, it seems like February, mid-February, well... The weather's nice here. I hope it's the same for you. You know, I we actually just got dumped on for the last two days here. Uh, we, we had 70 degree weather on Sunday, and then Monday it was uh, 15 and snowing. So that's just a little taste of uh, Denver weather for you, for all the listeners who have never been here before. When you hear people talk about the weather being bipolar, they absolutely mean it. <laughs> well, that is uh, pretty crazy. And today we have a special guest and a third weather report. From Josh Nachbar, who is in Boston, Massachusetts. He's our guest today on the podcast. How are you, Josh? Thank you, James. I'm doing well, and it is surprisingly nice for the middle of February, but we'll take it. (laughs) Well, that is wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. And I I would say the weather here is pretty similar since we're only about three hours apart. It's not too drastically different. Thanks for taking the time to be on the show. Absolutely. We asked you to be on the show because a few weeks ago you made a comment in the Facebook group, which really struck me. And I was like, man, we got to talk to Josh. (laughs) And so for people who don't know Josh personally, which is probably most of the listeners, (laughs) probably Josh and I, yeah, (laughs) uh, Josh and I met years ago when we were in college at different colleges, but we were both involved with Kissy Pig Studios in Boston, Massachusetts, technically Alston. And Josh was always the dude who was just doing everything. So (laughs) like, I remember it was like your second day working there and you had taken the board apart and you were soldering pins on the, uh, what was it? DB 25 connector or whatever it was. Yeah. 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 We needed one of them was a little scratchy. Yeah. And that was the second day you were working there. (laughs) So (laughs) that was just my first impression of Josh. And that's basically what Josh has continued to do now to the point that you can work a minimal amount every week and spend the rest of your time playing music and engineering and doing what you love. So I thought that having you talk about how you achieved this would be a great way to help other artists figure out ways that they can, you know, become self-sufficient and have an income that lets them go on tour or lets them play all the shows they want or lets them go in the studio for a month and still make sure that they have their expenses covered so that they can live the quality of life that they're accustomed to. 
Before we get into all that detail, Josh, do you want to just give us a little background about yourself and what inspired you to pursue music? Uh, absolutely. So I, I kind of see myself as um, somebody who kind of really comes into their own at the intersection of creativity through sort of a technical medium. And music uh, production was kind of a perfect candidate. And since very young, I was always very excited about those kinds of projects. Um, that's sort of evolved since. I'm pretty heavily involved with computer security at this point, as well as um, sort of computer infrastructure projects, I guess is probably the right way to describe that. Uh, I look at it as I'm, it's more instruments to learn and play and be excited about. And it checks a lot of those same boxes for me personally. Lately, yeah, it's trying to, in, in the effort to try to make life easier, I, I ended up formally incorporating. I take a salary. I'm on my own payroll. I am a W-2 of my organization. That's kind of a nice way I found to, A, make taxes easier. And thank goodness for QuickBooks Online and auto automation <laughs> tagging everything. Otherwise, this would just be such a tremendous amount of work. I don't know if I could handle it. But um, thank goodness for automatic payroll and people in the background filing stuff with the state. Important things you have to think about as an individual and organization. That's sort of allowed kind of a buffer. So when times are good and there's a lot of work, I just can focus on that. And when there's times where there's a couple weeks off or I want to go on a vacation or go into the studio and make a record, um, <laughs> I'm still on that salary. And as long as I don't completely run that into the ground, you know, we're all good. I think it's, it's kind of a nice way to go. So basically you're using the salary to make sure that you don't get a huge influx of cash one month and then the next month if you're not working you're still getting that paycheck just to kind of keep you in check. That's my allowance to myself, for sure. Yep. Nice. That's awesome. That's a really smart way to look at it. And obviously, too, you know, you mentioned the taxes are easier. Yeah, you don't have self-employment tax, but the corporation is paying that. But I also assume that if there's money left in the corporation that you're not paying to yourself, then that's taxed at the corporate rate rather than on your personal taxes. Correct. 5% instead of 15. And now that's an asset and you still own it. So you can pull that out at any point. That is a really smart way to do it. And for anyone who might not know what self-employment tax is. Oh my goodness. It's like 40%. Oh my, the first year you have to <laughs> deal with that is like, I don't even want to think about how surprised and caught off guard I was like just a couple years ago you know, finally hitting substantial <laughs> 1099 income and then being like, oh my goodness, I owe how much? We have to solve this. And that was the that was really kind of the driver to to kind of settle this up. Yeah. So for people who are listening and haven't been self-employed, uh, your Medicare and Social Security taxes, your employer actually pays half of that. But if you are self-employed, you have to pay the full amount of your Medicare and Social Security tax, which Social Security caps at 112000 or so of income, something like that. But Medicare is on all your income forever, basically. Yep. And if you do have a day job, you might not realize it, but your employer is actually paying half of your taxes for you, which is nice. 
yeah, it's a very nice to not have that burden, <laughs> but they, it also means that they pay quarterly taxes and you don't. But as you in your up and coming band, as things start to scale, yeah, you'll have to figure out how to, how to set this up right. And that applies for everybody. Yeah. And so that's the kind of thing where doing what Josh did and incorporating or creating an LLC might be beneficial. I would definitely recommend if your band is getting to that point, talk to a CPA about your next move for the band just to make that kind of stuff easier. Now, obviously, Josh, you did it for a technology business rather than for your musical pursuits, but it still applies. And that's one of the things that you were saying you wanted to talk about is how basic business principles do apply to music. And that's also one of like the tenets of Bandhive, educating musicians on how important business is to musicians, really. So there's this idea that I've kind of coined as the business back end. And that is, in a nutshell, the way you present yourself to the IRS in one sentence. And, you know, you can do the LLC thing. That's pretty well known. Uh, LLC is a pass-through entity. What that means is it's owned by individuals. Your earnings against the LLC as a legal endpoint, it's like a legal proxy, really is what it is, pass through to your tax return. So you report the gains and losses effectively yourself. On the scale of completely individual up to full-on C corporation, there's kind of four levels. There's 1099 sole proprietor, which is there's no distinction between you and your business. It's just you. Legally, that means if heaven forbid you end up in in legal hot water, you're not protected at all unless you have insurance, but there's no liability advantage and you pay a lot of taxes. Uh, With an LLC, you still pay pretty much self-employment tax at that rate, but The nice thing is if you execute contracts between the LLC and somebody else, if things don't go so well, you have no personal risk. You can only lose what you put in, which means if you have a house or a car or a bunch of guitars and, you know, someone's coming after you, they're going after the LLC, that can go bankrupt. And yeah, it won't be great for your credit for two years. And I think you can't like get a business loan for X number of, it's not that bad. It's, it's a couple of years, but um, you know, nothing bad happens to you personally. The third level is what's called an S corp. That's what I do where, you know, on the state level, you're, you're a formal corporate entity. Uh, what that means is you are owned by shareholders, not individuals. So yes, I have 5,000 shares of stock that I priced at 10 cents <laughs> each and I own them all. And I have to, the, the other big difference with an S corp versus an LLC is you're actually bound by all the corporate formalities. So yes, I have a board of directors. It is a president, a vice president, a secretary and a treasurer. And yes, I voted myself into all four positions. And yes, I have to have a meeting once a year with me, myself and I going around the room doing an annual report saying, here's how much money we made, um, you know, talking about the strategy for next year. And I have to submit that to the state and they take it very seriously. And then there's the full on C Corp, which is like the whole corporate citizenship hilariousness where, um, you know, the, the corporation itself is taxed and then you as an individual are taxed as well. Um, S Corp, you don't run into that. You are taxed at the federal rate for um, 
I forget exactly which piece it is, but basically you get the advantages of the flow through thing without the double taxation and you still get the limited liability at the expense of a little bit more formality. So it's kind of, you're meeting it in a position of the best of both worlds. That's kind of, I, I did a huge amount of research at one point trying to figure out how to, how to do this. And, and that was my conclusion was this is kind of the best of all. Um, I don't mind a little more structure. Uh, part of the rules with an S corp are like, you can't have more than a hundred employees and you can't make more than like $6 million a year. And I was like, okay, I'm not worried about that <laughs> level of problems. So um, yeah. this should be just fine. Those would be a good level of problems to have. Yeah. We'll cross yeah. that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> now, Out of pure curiosity is the 6 million income limit. Is that your uh, revenue or your net income? That's gross. I think. Okay. So that's, uh, potentially that's actually much, much lower. If you're paying a hundred employees, that's going to eat into that quite a chunk. Yeah. It sounds like more than it probably is if you multiplied income by a hundred. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Okay. And so just to give us an idea of how much effort this took and continues to take, how long did it take to set all of this up as your business you know, obviously the corporation stuff too, but just building your business and building your connections. And if you had to give an average amount, how many hours would you say you are currently working per week over the last year or so? So part A is the culmination of building this up. And that's probably a combination of skills, people, community, and probably, like I said, five years ago-ish was kind of when I decided I wanted to crack this American dream lifestyle of kind of getting to do whatever. Pro about five years, soup to nuts, end to end, specifically setting up just the business stuff, probably a couple months to iron everything out at the most. It's really not that bad. To the point earlier of there's, there's a business back end, there's also a business front end, uh, and that's a brand. And that's, you know, my reputation as a, as a, um, technical guy in some communities. But what's interesting is there's nothing really stopping me from doing multiple brands in one business back end. You can absolutely do that. The advantage is I can have this also be my publishing company, or I can rebrand this to be a band name and just say, make checks payable to, you know, my company name. And that's all fine. Uh, the disadvantage to that is if one gets sued, it all comes out of the same pot, but it's still not personal to me. So that's calculated risk for me and something I'm willing to do. But basically what that means is the sky's the limit on what you want to do on the front end, how you want to market and grow really a brand. And that's what you're doing as a band, whether you realize it or not is uh, growing this thing and trying to figure out how to have people have a positive emotional reaction to this this idea, right? And that's true of Coke and Pepsi as well as, you know, your garage band down the street. It's all levels of, of solving that problem, sometimes called different things, sometimes with teams of people who went to school for it or whatever. But, you know, it's all, it's all to the same goal. Yeah. And on that note, I don't believe you went to school for software or anything like that, right? Because you went to Berkeley for a while. Correct. Did you switch over and go to get any formal education for what you're doing now? Uh, nope. Okay. <laughs> Completely self-taught hacking it. 
Uh, I'm. It's probably a good time to mention. You know, I am not a CPA or a lawyer, or you know, a business manager. Well, technically, I'm a business manager, but you know, I'm just a guy who's had to figure out how to do this and has done this. So opinions are my own. Don't take this as as legal advice or anything, but definitely consult a CPA and a lawyer before trying this at home. But um, you know, it's it's definitely possible. For entertainment purposes only. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of artists really, if they had the opportunity to sit down and figure out some way to make enough money that they can then just focus on music as much as they want to, that would be the dream for many people. And that's basically what it sounds like you're able to do now. And so can you just maybe run us through what a typical week would look like for you? You know, feel free to go into as little or as much detail as you feel comfortable with since you have some clients that you can't really talk about. But just to give people an idea of how much time you're spending on your software business and how much time you're spending on your music. So it varies is the truth. It varies week to week. There's no week that's identical to the last one. And that's a really positive thing for me. Um, I'll just pick this week and then we'll zoom out. So I'm working with a customer now. I think we're in, I've been involved for about probably four or five months now and things are going well. Uh, and they do product development for a, like a cloud-based cybersecurity solution. And I am not contractually required to go into the office. I enjoy it more often than not. So usually no less than two days a week, I'll jump in the train and be able to like peek over a desk and be like, Hey, <laughs> you know, versus being online and, and typing back and forth ferociously sometimes. Also today later, I'm going to be doing vocal tuning for the afternoon. Uh, after that, I'm probably going to jump on a mountain bike and take an hour and go rip around in the woods and then come back and think about you know, the potential of, of what next once this project's over, which may be the case in a month or maybe the case in six months. They're kind of smaller, so they're, they're like two months at a time, and we're now on extension three, which is nice. Um, nice to be wanted and doing something useful. And it's a little more stable, too, since you don't have to find another client and get into their ecosystem. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This, this industry, if you can kind of tap into it, is the kind of industry where like once you get some steam going, you, you can wait around for that five months at a time of work if you really want to. That sounds really like you have it set up in a way that you are comfortable with what you're doing and comfortable enough that if you don't find work for a while, you're okay with it. That's what that salary pad's all about. Yep, my weekly allowance... Just get used to get used to the smaller paycheck and and then just direct deposit and not think about it. One of the really awesome things too about uh, being an LLC or a C corp or an S corp is that you actually have the freedom to uh, put a lot of your bills underneath that business, uh, which is a really awesome business tactic. So uh, I you know I'm, I don't know if you have yours set up this way, but I know you know a couple of my friends. They have their phone bills set up underneath their business. They have 
uh, some of them even have their car payments set up underneath that. And so not only is this, you know, you know, these are considered company assets, but it's also money that the company no longer has to pay taxes on. But then it's also money that's not coming out of your your personal paycheck, which is really nice. So your salary is your money, which is incredible. A hundred percent correct. Yep. I have a company sponsored phone plan, uh, company sponsored healthcare. The IRS is pretty generous with um, operational expenses for corporations on being just part of the deal and not not a tax liability. That includes employee salaries. It really is uh, an entirely different legal entity, 100% with its own financial, its own bank account, its own set of actions and, and rules. And, and then there's me, the individual, who's just an employee working there. Yeah, you're essentially a an employee, and since you're working as all of your uh, your board of directors, you're also a liaison for yourself on behalf of your business to the government, which is correct, which is beautiful. Um, and for all of our listeners, you, it's I really want to just emphasize how important this is. Um, you know, things like healthcare are very expensive for an individual, and a lot of businesses. What you know, if you go out and you work for McDonald's and you get healthcare through McDonald's, McDonald's is footing a lot of that bill. And so, you know, the, the government has set up certain uh, tax benefits for you as a small business owner to allow you to continue to have, you know, to afford healthcare by yourself and not paying a premium that's through the roof. It's super, super awesome and very, very important. I really love what you're saying about, you know, and, and kind of telling people the, you know, the different steps of, of business, how, you know, at, with, as a sole proprietor, it's your tax ID number. It's your social security number that is, you know, you're paying taxes under. You hold all of the liability, you know, with your next step, the limited liability. LLC stands for a limited liability corporation. Um, and so, you know, th- that takes a, a lot of the, you know, if like you were saying, if you end up with a bad situation where, you know, you can, you know, basically liquidate your business, uh, it hurts your business credit, but you as an individual, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't, you know, the government's not, or somebody's not coming in and taking your home, which, you know, if for any reason you are making good money as an artist and you are not a registered LLC or an S corp or a C corp, then you need to stop what you're doing immediately. And you need to file that with the state because should something go wrong and you get sued by somebody, let's say uh, there's a he said, she said type of situation that happens with a venue. They're saying you destroyed their PA system or something. They try to sue you. They have the money to facilitate suing you. And then your business is now liable for, you know, let's say hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. If you don't have an LLC, then you as an individual are responsible for that. Yep. And so I really like how you've uh, kind of outlined each and every level of the corporate world and uh, really emphasized what the important parts are. So I I really like how you have your your current situation set up. I think that's really valuable information to our listeners. Thank you. Um, On kind of that, the other scenario that would happen with a band that would creep up on you if you're not ready for it is, you know, let's say you're on the road and you start making good money. It's like when that one person who's more organized than everybody else says, oh, no, just write the check to me and I'll distribute it and it's fine. And, you know, that person might not realize that if that crosses a certain dollar threshold a year later, uh, IRS might have questions. And yeah, you have to report that. And it's you. It's your name on it, which basically means it's tied to your social security number. 
it doesn't have to be all all this stuff. Uh, I I took on a lot of it by myself, but you don't have to do all of it, right? Getting a, an LLC for your band and making an operating agreement, like it doesn't need to be heavy at all. But should things start to be fairly serious, it would be nice to have A, a bank account, and B, it's just a light operating agreement. And you can, you can do whatever you want. Um, that's kind of the beauty in, in all of this is we're fortunate enough to live in a country where, you know, don't break laws and pay your taxes, but past that, that knock yourself out. Do whatever you want. Follow the rules, be a good citizen, and just go do it. This guy's, you know, world's your oyster. But yeah, the bank account, super important. Uh, your operating agreement, just something that I, if it were me, and I was in a situation with multiple people depending on each other, um, like let's say on the road for six months straight, making good money. It's not fun, but somebody at some point might have to think about, well, what happens if so-and-so leaves? Or how are we going to treat somebody coming on? Do we want to have, you know, you need to be in the band for six months and then we'll back pay you, we'll give you a stipend and then you'll full share will come in? Or do we want to just say equal and all, day one, who's ever part of it? And there's no wrong answer. But it's very possible that on the road of things working out in a, in a creative position with multiple people, um, that, and history is riddled with these kinds of stories. If you, if you look into music business law, where you and the other writer co-write something, and you're both technically owners on that intellectual property, and five years later, one of you wants to go do something else, it's like, then what happens? You don't have to solve this yourself, but you just you do have to realize that somebody probably does. You can outsource that to legal if you can afford it. And this is when things are, you know, starting to starting to roll in. There's services on the internet you can go on to and just be like, let me give you a chunk of money and as a service go file all these things for me. That exists, makes it pretty easy to do. For people who have a CPA, which I mean, I definitely recommend using a CPA, even for your personal taxes, if you're self-employed, like that's what I do. I'm fully self-employed and I have a great CPA and he teams up with providers like what you're talking about, Josh. So if you have a CPA, by all means, ask them. They might have somebody that they recommend to help doing all of this paperwork at one of those companies or service providers. Highly recommended. A lot of them will do consultation for either very minimal amount of dollars or free on understanding what it is you want to do. Not unlike a studio owner might talk to an artist who's a prospective customer for a coffee or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, for me, in my situation, I pay my CPA to do my taxes. It's a little over $200 a year but he advised me on just how much I can write off as a sole proprietorship, not LLC or anything like that, on just how much I am able to write off from my expenses. Like I bought a new iMac primarily for work, but partially for personal. He's like, okay, well, this is what you do. And you know, you can write off this percentage of it based on your usage and stuff like that. So it's the kind of thing where if you have a good CPA, even if you aren't an LLC or incorporated, they can still advise you on what the best move is. And they can also advise you like, hey, maybe it's time to become an LLC or an S-Corp. One thing I kind of want to outline since we're here in the middle of the episode, and and we've done a lot of uh, talking about taxes in general, 
I just want to let everybody know that the reason that this type of stuff is so important is because if you ever have a hope of being in the music industry for your entire life, you need to have provable income and provable income. The There's two ways you can do it. You can either show somebody your bank account statement and show somebody how much money you have in there, or you can give them last year's tax documents, which shows, you know, this is a government mandated document that says this person, I certify they made that much money this year. This is what allows you to get home loans, business loans via, you know, like any type of loan that you could ever want in order for actually advancing in your life. These types of things come from taxable income. And so the reason we keep harping on taxes and how the different, you know, what different scenarios look like for a sole proprietor versus a corporation is because if you have a hope of doing this for a long time and you ever want to buy a house, then you need to do taxes every year. Even if it seems like a small, tedious thing that you don't see the benefit in yet, Stop what you're doing, record those numbers, and do a little bit of research because this is all very, very, very crucial to having a successful business. Absolutely. So nice segue into this studio room here is part of the house that I just recently purchased, which things that they should teach you and they don't for whatever reason in every school institution I've ever been to uh, is that, yes, mortgage companies are going to look at, at minimum uh, they define it as stable income, but what that means is the last two years um, averaged of yeah taxable income, provable assets. And I had I had a heck of a time trying to explain to somebody how I went from a W two to two ten ninety nines back to a K one corporation form and a W two to try to explain to them that this is all technically self employment. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Sounds like a nightmare. It was a little painful. Um, you know, I was talking to probably administrative assistants who are trying to check these boxes and I'm just like, so not in a nice square box for them, you know, and it, it was, it worked out, but yeah, what an adventure. Taxes are very confusing people. I mean, it's, and, and the, the further you get into business, like the worse it gets. That's why QuickBooks is a wonderful thing. You know, the last thing you want ever to have happen is to claim you made a certain amount of money and then get audited and to not have neat books. This is, you know, that's just going to be a a lot worse than a headache for you. Yeah. Uh, yes, definitely. And if you have a CPA, they, they will be happy to talk to those folks for you or that's all you. Amen. Yeah. Another very good reason to have a CPA. And also going back to what you're saying, Josh, about having a separate bank account. Because if you have a separate bank account, QuickBooks is so much easier to sync up with that. If it's all in the same bank account, then you have to go through QuickBooks and figure out what's a personal transaction and what's a business transaction. It's more than any one mortal could possibly do themselves without a huge amount of these tools. And you know, again, we're we're so fortunate now to be in a time where through the miracle that is technology and all this cool stuff, QuickBooks Online, automation in general, um, that you can do the work of 10 people almost automatically if you're smart about it. And that kind of frees you up to do what you want to be doing as an individual, which for me might be to pull a guitar off the wall at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday and come up with something. If I don't owe anybody anything at the time, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, or record a podcast episode at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday. Exactly. So many people right now would be working, but here the three of us are all able to 
have a sustainable lifestyle and then go do music when we want to because mm-hmm. we've leveraged different things in our lives to be able to survive without working a traditional nine to five job. Feels good. Yeah, <laughs> that it does. It's a really important thing to, to sit down and, and really uh, identify what's important to you as an individual. Because, you know, like for me, I'm a very freedom based person. I love to have, you know, I have a two year old son. I, I'm married. Um, I like to travel. My, my in-laws are on the East Coast. I'm in Denver. We, you know, we tour. We, there's, there's a lot of uh, working parts inside of my, my personal beast that is my life. And so for me, it's very important to have freedom. And so like, I love hearing that you kind of followed the same path where you found a skill set. You worked really, really hard to cultivate. You found the demand and you figured out the way to deliver the supply. Yep. And that, in essence, has not only given you the security that you need financially, but it's also given you the freedom to pursue what you love emotionally. And so, like, it's this wonderful, you know, yin and yang type of balance, you know, and if you if you end up swaying too strong to one side between freedom and between safety, you know, that it's a very, very, very hard, you know, as with anything being too weighted on one side, it's, it's almost impossible to balance. And so I, I love hearing you say things like, Oh, I, you know, I go into the office two days a week, but then if I decide that I want to go out mountain biking, then I can do that. And, you know, and I live the same way. I do handyman work while I'm at home, which allows me to leave for tour, come back and basically still have the freedom that I need to pursue music and still actually pursue a music career as well and uh, and maintain my financial security. So the other thing too, for listeners who don't realize, the legal distinction between an employee and a contractor boils down to um, being in control of the way the work is delivered. And that's time, that's what you wear, that's when you want to work, where you want to work. Uh, all that really matters is that the outcome that you're contractually obligated to works out versus an employee in which the employer is in charge of the way the work is delivered is kind of the fundamental difference. And I'm not saying everybody should just go be contractors right now because it's it's not always easy. Um, socially, it's a, it's a lot different. Um, if you're somebody who kind of needs people, it might not be the most appealing option for you out of the gate. Hence me going to the office a few days a week. I don't need to, but I like it. Yeah, a little bit of social interaction. Yep. So if there was one piece of advice that you could pass on to listeners in the music industry, what would that be? Pretend it's not a thing you care about when you're dispassionately trying to set it up for success so that when you switch your passionate brain back on, hopefully you've taken care of all this other stuff in a way that you don't have to then worry about it later is probably a big one. And I suppose the other is uh, a hallmark of sort of coming into your own is having a tax strategy, which is my analogy for being an adult. <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> That's when you know is when you use the words tax strategy, not sarcastically, is you're there. This is how it's going to be now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the third thing is if you don't have, if this all sounds terrifying, and it kind of is, 
um, you don't have to do all this yourself. Um, but you do have to, at a minimum, make sure that these areas are, are taken care of uh, adequately. And that's legal, like financial. A lot of companies use PR firms. You don't have to, but somebody has to go get this from this thing you're doing into the consciousness of people you are hoping to reach. Or in a business sense, I say collect from. I don't mean that sarcastically, but you know, currency, I think, is an interesting word as not a synonym, but it only has value when it's moving. If everybody just stopped spending money at all, it would all fall apart. It's like electricity. It's current. As an individual, it's easy to think about trying to save as much as you can, be comfortable. And it's tough being young sort of today in the ecosystem, especially in music. I hate to say it. It's very tough to not think about that sort of thing as like pure survival. And it's kind of stressful. As a business, part of why I structured the way I structured was to keep more things flowing into the local community on the state level, because that's more relevant to me and who I interact with in the community. I don't look at money the same anymore now that it's like learning how to manage where it flows and you get to decide where it flows. You really do vote with your dollar, right? I say that only to say, you know, don't think of people as, as your audience or fans as people you're just trying to take money from. But if they're going to go spend dollars on mental health and they want to do it through music and you want to figure out how to be the entity that they want to go do, and in exchange, they'll pay your mortgage or you know fund your tour or pay your CPA. It's all an ecosystem. It all flows. It's not hostile to set up a way to you know earn money for what you do creatively is my advice is um that's kind of how i felt really in the young days it felt weird but now i think that's my advice is understand that it is an ecosystem money's flowing everywhere it's not wrong for it to flow to you to do something you work really hard at but you do need to figure out how to become a known b in that niche and c uh structured in a way that it, it works right and that's the business back end, the bank account, the taxes, all that. You got, you got to figure that out at some point. It sounds like essentially you're saying have the business structure in place and then add value. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Figure out, figure out how to set everything up right in that sense. And then exactly as a self-employed individual, creative professional, you're really in the business of adding value. That's all I do with my computer thing on the side too, is I, I just add value to situations where that really it's really crucial that it works out correctly. Yeah. The difference being that you add value to Fortune 500 companies instead of individuals who have a hole in their heart and need that music. Yes. Different value proposition, but kind of the same uh, ultimate thing is somebody believes this thing is valuable enough to pull the trigger and pay for it. All right, Josh, that is awesome. Thank you so much for taking an hour out of your day. You know, instead of doing mountain biking or something else that you probably would have had much more fun doing. No, this but is we great, really man. appreciate it. I, I, I enjoy this. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, we really, really appreciate you sharing your wisdom. You've had a lot of really awesome things to say, outlining tax strategy. And I, you know, I think it's a lot of things that people, or that, that creatives in general don't really think about. And so I uh, really appreciate all of your insight and wisdom into the, a very hairy field. Thanks, Matt. Yep. Yeah. 
I don't know if you have a CPA you want to shout out. If not, that's fine. But if you do, go for it. Now's the time. <laughs> well, I use a Massachusetts-specific guy named Nick Auto. He's been great. My mom, full disclosure, is also a CPA. So Nice, nice. <laughs> she's been very helpful over the years. Partly in shielding how much actually goes into it, which I've kind of taken on myself a little bit the last two years. So, And that's kind of given me a more of an appreciation for <laughs> just, just how kind of much there is back here. And if people want to find out more about what you're doing, what is the best way for them to find your website or get in touch with you? Let's chat on the band page. Yeah, that's the Bandhive Facebook group. You can find it by going to bandhive.rocks slash group. We'll redirect you right to that group. And uh, yeah, this is Josh Nachbar. He spent the last uh, 45 minutes to an hour with us. And thanks so much for talking to us again, Josh. Matt, thank you for being here as well. All right, that's it for this episode of the podcast. I just wanted to say thank you again to Josh for coming on the show and talking about how he built his business to help make music, essentially. He's able to set his own schedule and work when he wants or go into the office or not go into the office. Now, this was recorded long before the COVID-19 outbreak hit the U.S., but I would think that something like this would be even more applicable now with lots of more traditional jobs having people work from home, or even furloughing people, if you can run your own company and do well with it, that's awesome. And I know a lot of artists are hit hard too. So if you're able to provide a service or skill to people that is still in demand, even with the economy not being as good as it was and most likely being on the brink of recession, that's awesome. And I do want to say, even now, I'm recording this outro a couple of weeks before the episode comes out. So if something changes drastically, I will definitely record a new outro. But if there isn't a major change, if it's just something minor, I probably will just uh, think you would understand that this outro is a bit out of date. But thank you again for listening. Next week, we'll have an episode about merch. And as always, Keep looking out for those bonus episodes that we are dropping in between our standard episodes for coverage of the COVID-19 crisis and how it's affecting the music business and what you can do to not be affected by it quite so much. Thank you again. I hope you have an awesome week. Stay healthy. And of course, keep rocking. Hey, you. Yeah, you with the headphones or the speakers. You've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. While I still have you here, if you're not already in the Bandhive Facebook community, it would be great to see you there. We have over 600 like-minded musicians who are asking questions, sharing their experiences and advice, and much more. So if you want to improve your band's business, look no further than the Bandhive Facebook community. You can find it by searching for Bandhive on Facebook, that's B-A-N-D-H-I-V-E, or going to bandhive.rocks slash group. Again, that's bandhive.rocks slash group, and that will automatically redirect you to our Facebook community. I look forward to seeing you there soon.